All right. So the recording has started, and we are starting a new chapter. We are starting Chapter 25 of Tanya. Now, what's happening in Chapter 25? Well, we are continuing what we were discussing in Chapter 24, which means we're continuing understanding how every situation is potentially Messias Nefesh, how in every situation we can feel endangered and our natural love for Hashem comes out and the obstacles melt because we feel so connected to Hashem and we don't want to do anything to destroy that relationship. And we begin, because in chapter 25, we're going back to our starting point, meaning we, have, we are at the concluding chapter of the Dar Ketzara. When you do it through Chitas, these things move quite quickly. So we started in chapter 18 and 19, understanding the Avnizah 20, 21, 22, understanding it's all Hashem, it's only Hashem, and therefore any Avera is me denying Hashem by denying His Achtos, me transgressing Avodah and that's dangerous, because that means a disconnection from Hashem. I'm in danger, my love for Hashem comes out, I have to maintain this relationship. Chapter 23, we spoke of the enormous closeness we can achieve through mitzvahs and even more through Torah, which heightens the danger of losing the relationship, because the relationship is so precious. In chapter 24, we spoke of all different scenarios to strengthen this point that in every situation, truly, I uniquely am going so, so far from Hashem, so, so far from God, if I would commit this sin. Because I uniquely have free choice. I'm a human being. I'm a Jew. I could perceive myself as having the ability to make independent choices, and I have the ability to make free choice, to choose something that seemingly is in contradiction to Hashem's will. If so, when I would sin, I'm lower than anything in creation. I'm lower than any form of evil. Because all forms of evil ultimately are serving God by their evil. That's how they were programmed. That's what he wants from them. But if I make a choice of evil, I'm going against what God wants from me. And therefore, during the time of the sin, I am further than anything else. And now we come to chapter 25. And since it's the conclusion of this segment of Tanya, chapters 18 through 25, we go back to our starting point, just as we did, if you remember, chapter 17. So we go back to the Pasuk, the verse, and we say, what do we gain from this now? Well, now we understand that it's really true. This Pasuk is saying, the thing is very near to you. And now we understand it really is. Because in my heart, in my two hearts, on both sides, it's truly accessible constantly to have two emotions. In other words, generally, as we know from Shema, to love Hashem bilvavcha, that has two basin. Heart in Hebrew is lev. Your heart is libcha. But here, we added an extra base. Levavcha, levav. Not lev, but levav. And very often, those two basin represent the two forces in your heart, your godly soul and your animal soul, your good inclination, your evil inclination, and here it represents the two feelings in the heart. 
the love for Hashem and the fear of Hashem, and the love and fear of God, this is easily accessible. Keep calls. It's close. No, it's very close. Now I get it. Now I see at any time, any moment I want, I can access this true love and true fear. Now, when we're looking here at this idea, a person has to understand that there's a basic principle, there's a basic concept that the Rebbe is now introducing, which he will repeat many times in the chapter. And the concept is, so look at yourself. You are truly willing to give up your life for God. You are. You, you would do it. But you're not willing to give up your tithes. You're not willing to give up your indulgences. You're not willing to give up your pleasures. That's so bizarre. And the Rebbe says, why is that bizarre? Because death is a lot more painful. We don't mean only, obviously, the minutes of, of suffering. We mean losing life. Losing life is the ultimate loss. There's no greater loss than losing life. But you would lose your entire life because you don't want to sacrifice your relationship with God. But when you indulge in your passions and your desires and you do your will instead of His will, you're just as separated. So isn't it a lot less of a sacrifice to give up your desire instead of giving up your life? So isn't it very strange that you not only say, I would, you truly would, as we've seen countless Jews throughout history do this. We know you would. You come from a stock of people that have done this too many times. So you would truly give up your life for God, and yet something which is far easier, giving up your passions, giving up your desires, giving up doing all those things that separate you and God, that you can't do, but this is so much easier. It makes no sense. And the Rebbe says that a person could say, no, but it's very, very different. And the reason why they think it's very, very different is because if I'm thinking of the classical situation when a Jew would, and unfortunately many times have, given up their life for God, it's, it's, it's idolatry. Well, idolatry is very different than my indulgences because idolatry is like a permanent separation. And there says, no, that's not true. Anytime you're sinning, you're separated to the exact same degree. But the person says, no, 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 I know that's not true. Because any other time, this is, I'm like playing out. This is a dialogue. The Rebbe is writing, so to speak, as if between the Rebbe and a skeptic. And the Rebbe is saying, the premise of the Rebbe is, all sins are exactly the same. All sins disconnect you the exact same way. And the skeptic responds, no, that's not true. Idolatry disconnects you completely. And all other sins only disconnect you at the time of the sin. So for idolatry, it's complete separation, I'll give up my life. But for any other sin, hey, right after I'm connected again, it's not as big a deal. And the says, that's not true. Because for idolatry you also have the ability to reconnect. As soon as a person stops sinning, and here it's a sin of coercion, meaning, so it's not even really a sin, but as soon as you stop serving that idol, you can immediately repent, you can do a complete tshuva, and God will take you back. So there's no difference between idolatry and any other passion, any other indulgence. With all the other ones, you reconnected immediately automatically. But with idolatry, you can be reconnected immediately because you could repent as soon as the act is over. So then the skeptic says, but hey, that doesn't work. Because that means 
that, I would be sinning relying on repentance. Meaning, Rebbe, you're telling me, sin with Avedazara, sin with idolatry, right after repent, and God takes you right back. So I'm sinning relying on repentance? That doesn't work. Meaning, this is based on a concept that our sages say, that if someone sins relying on shuva, relying on repentance, it's not going to happen for them. Because it's like an oxymoron. It's like, wait, so the gift of tshuva, the gift of repentance, is what led you to sin? Forget it. We're not giving you this gift. So if I'm committing idolatry because of the gift of tshuva that I can repent after, God's not going to let me. So then the Rebbe says, this is an innovation of the Rebbe, the Rebbe says he will. When our sages say it doesn't work, they don't mean it doesn't work. Nothing withstands tshuva. You can always repent. What they mean is, God's not going to extend the help he normally gives you. Normally, in situations, when you sin and begin the process of repentance, God expends such a strong arm pulling you in. You might get it. You might realize it. You might not realize it. Sometimes when we're in the process, we feel like we're working really hard, but then afterwards we look back and say, wow, how did that happen truly that fast? So, if you have or haven't noticed, when you sin and do tshuva, Hashem really is there for you. But, if a person actually would sin because he knows afterwards he can do tshuva, it's like, eat today, I'll die tomorrow, sin today, I'll repent tomorrow, so then Hashem, God, doesn't extend to you this help. But if you push and keep pushing, and keep pushing, he will definitely accept your tshuva. He will accept your repentance. Which means the author of this saying, in the end of the day, there's no difference between idolatry and any other sin. It is all the same. It is only disconnection at the time of sin. So how is it that for idolatry, you give up the greatest sacrifice of all your life? Obviously, unquestioningly, and yet, to give up your indulgences, to give up your passions, to give up your ego, to give up your tensions, no, 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 no. That you're not willing to do for God. This it makes no sense. It's a lot easier. Any questions? Please unmute yourself, star six. Okay. We should do this work. It's strong work. It's good work. And it, it, it's going to bring us to the place we need to be. Good night.